On this episode of Trickle Down Theories, Eric Trickle is joined by Khalid Shami to talk about the quarterbacks around the NFL. What is their situation? Are they free agents? Does a team have to trade for them? What's up with them? Where And we're going to talk about where do they end up. This is Trickle Down Theories. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round, pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick, Dan Marino, and the NFL draft. And with the first round, pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players. The draft's all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Locker sheet is running back. Tackle. Quarterback. Every year in the draft. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories. I am your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL and draft, with a small focus on the Denver Broncos, as I'm also an analyst with MileHighHuddle.com. We will talk about all things from signings, trades, rosters, team needs, and anything and everything you can think of. Joining me today is Khalid Alshami of MileEyeHuddle.com as well. Good evening, Cleet. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Getting pretty close to weight-bearing on my leg. Walking without crutches and whatnot. I cannot wait for that day to come. I can only imagine that day not having to worry about the crutches. I remember when I had to use them for my sprained knees and ankles. And one time they wanted to put me in a wheelchair because I sprained both my knees and both my ankles all within a matter of two days. Your injury is a lot more severe than a couple sprained knees and a couple sprained ankles. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare, though. I would never want to be stuck in a wheelchair. I've been wheel out of both surgeries to both of my knees and it's never fun yeah i just didn't want to have to deal with school and riding the bus to and from school with the wheelchair just no thank you so i just ignored it and that's why today my knees are as messed up as they are i just i never put a cast on i never used the crutches nothing i just walked with them all sprained like that anyways thanks to all of you listeners for giving us a listen as we talk about the quarterback situation around the nfl we're going to be talking about multiple different quarterbacks from free agencies options to trade options to even the nfl draft. What's their circumstances around them and where do we think they're going to end up? Because that's what everybody wants to know. Where are these guys going to end up? First guy we're going to talk about is Kirk Cousins. Now, we're not going to go super in-depth on him because Khalid and I, we've done a previous show on it. Episode 1 of Trickle Down Theories just focused solely on Kirk Cousins and the other teams and options that are there and where we think he ends up. Everybody knows the circumstances there. We know how Washington treated him. We know all the teams that are interested in him, or so we think. And I know, Khalid, you're such a big fan of his, I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah, the huge story that's come out this week is a media report suggesting that the New York Jets could offer Cousins $60 million guaranteed in the first year of his deal, 2018. The moment this came out, as you know, we've went back and forth on it on Twitter. I called it media speculation from the beginning. And recently, actually yesterday, Jets insider Manish Mehta, I think that's how it's pronounced, said, and I quote, the notion that the organization will go to any lengths to sign him is patently false. Manish has given the first accurate public insight of the Jets' line of thinking on Cousins. They'll be interested in Cousins, but they won't go all out in an attempt to sign him. From a from a franchise perspective and from Cousins' perspective, I just don't see the fit there. He wants to go somewhere he can win. If it's all about the money, the Jets make a lot of sense. They have a ton of cap space this year and moving forward, and they're not a terrible team, but they don't have a history of making the playoffs. So in addition to the Jets, we've, we've talked about this. Minnesota, Jacksonville, Cleveland, and Denver are the teams that are expected to be interested. My position has not changed. I think Cousins will end up in Denver. There is a deafening amount of chatter both publicly and behind closed doors linking him to the franchise and the fit makes a ton of sense for both sides. Yeah, I was with you about all the different speculation about 
about the Jets contract offer from the 60 million guaranteed in year one to the five-year fully guaranteed contract. Both of those just don't make sense from a financial standpoint for the franchise. First of all, there's a little rule in place that the second year of the contract cannot be any less than 50% of the first year's cap hit. Now, the speculation with the $60 million guaranteed in the first year was that they're going to be able to get him down at like 15 million cap hit year two, which they can't. It's blatantly against the rules that are in place. It would have to be a minimum of 30 million. Two years, $90 million, absurd amount of money that it's not going to happen. As for the fully guaranteed contract, no player has gotten there yet. Maybe on a one-year deal or two-year deal for a little bit amount of money, but for a five or six-year deal that's going to be well over $100 million in total, no, not going to happen, not yet. Maybe you can might be able to see one that's about 70 to $80 million fully guaranteed. And with the fully guaranteed contract, the issue is, and will always be, teams do not have a way out of the contract. They always want to protect themselves when it comes to the money. They always want to be able to get out of contracts when the player isn't living up to it or if they're getting hurt. And a fully guaranteed contract with Kirk Cousins, it doesn't sit well with any, it shouldn't sit well and doesn't sit well with anybody I've talked to in the NFL. There's no way out. If he gets seriously hurt, they're stuck with him. And they're stuck with that huge cap hit and that huge amount of money with him. If he decides that he doesn't like it there and retires, that's a huge dead money hit that they have to deal with. It's just, it's insane to think that they'd go 100% guaranteed. And my position hasn't changed on it. I do think Minnesota or the Cardinals, I've heard, have really jumped in on this. But I think it comes down to Minnesota or Denver. And I know he really wants to be in Denver. So I think that's where he's going to end up. I heard uh, recently that the Cardinals were out on Cousins. Is Has that changed? If they are, that hasn't been what I've heard. Because I just recently, I think it was last Friday or Saturday, was told that the Cardinals are going to be making a strong push for Kirk Cousins. So if it, it may have changed since then. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I heard that before last Friday. So it could be that it changed from what I had heard. Yeah, maybe. Now, the latest name to join the fray is AJ McCarron. He won his grievance against the Cincinnati Bengals, which makes him an unrestricted free agent. Now he's free to go wherever he wants. On last week's episode, we talked very briefly about him. Nothing in my stance has changed at all. AJ McCarron is going to be a Brown. I strongly believe that. And he's going to be joined by the first overall pick, who I strongly believe is Sam Darnold, but we'll get more into that a little bit later. Hugh Jackson wants him. John Dorsey wants to keep his head coach happy. There were some issues with Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson being able to work together and to try to bring a functioning organization back into the fold. You got to have the general manager and the coach getting along. You said it. McCarron to Cleveland is the worst kept secret in the league, and the team nearly landed the inexperienced signal caller at the trade deadline. The interesting thing about McCarron that I, I'm not quite sure why fans are so obsessed with the idea of adding him. He has 133 career pass attempts behind Andy Dalton. If he was anything special, there's not a doubt in my mind that he would have surpassed Andy Dalton on the depth chart for the Bengals and started there. Say what you will about Marvin Lewis. He's been a coach for a long time. He's been the head coach in Cincinnati for a long time for a reason. He knows what he's doing. McCarron's not a long-term starter in the league for me. Now, should Denver miss out on Cousins? There have been some murmurs that they could have interest in McCarron. Then that's a notion I just don't quite understand. He is better than Trevor Simeon, but he's very marginally better. He's not making a big impact if you're replacing Simeon with him. Yeah, and he's a former fifth round pick. So with 133 career attempts, what has he done to show that from being a fifth round pick that he was worth a first or second round pick that Cincinnati was asking in trade? And what has he shown that he's worth this 18, 15 million dollars per year contract that he's going to get? Nothing. He's decent when they are on script that they set up. But as soon as that script is done and over with and they're now calling and adjusting to what's going on on the field, he fails. I don't think McCarron's even that good of a backup choice personally. I think he's at best a third quarterback option that's 
going to be drastically overpaid. And whoever does it, I don't think the team's going to be very happy. And and it's probably going to be the Browns. And they have a lot of money to make it work. But he's just an interim guy, which is what makes it work for them, at least. Yeah, the Browns are the only team that makes sense for me. They have his former offensive coordinator and Hugh Jackson as the head coach. Hugh Jackson likes him. That makes sense. That's a solid fit. If you're going to throw money at him to be a starter, it should be in Cleveland. For it to be anywhere else in the league makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, and at least he's, uh, as I said, an interim so they can bring up a rookie and and work on molding him into the franchise guy. And who knows, they may even decide to stick with Kaiser, but I doubt that. Now, there's been yet another name that's been cropped up, but he's still under contract. And he just recently won the Super Bowl, and he just recently won the Super Bowl MVP. That's Nick Foles. Now, there is a bunch of film out there of him as a starter, and none of it is pretty. Even that one excellent year he had with Philadelphia, his rookie year, where he had like 27 touchdowns and what, one interception, I think it was. The overall tape wasn't very pretty. Like he made some nice throws, but there was a lot of head scratchers. And then he just didn't develop. He actually regressed from what he was. Teams figured out his tendencies and they were able to defend him that way. And don't get me wrong, what he did during the playoffs was great. But what the Eagles did, the coaching staff did to make it work is very undermentioned with this. A lot of people don't realize just how much work they had to put into it. And they'd also forget that the pieces around him were so complimentary that they were able to make him succeed. Only way that you get him is a trade. And I've heard that there's two, it's two second round picks and I cannot see any team being crazy enough to jump at that. The Cardinals might, but I, I don't know. I'd be hesitant for if I were them, just, just because of previous encounters of a backup quarterback from Philadelphia. Overall, I, I honestly, I think he ends up staying in Philadelphia personally. I believe you're referring to the all-time great Kevin Cobb. Yes. And I, I believe Arizona gave up two second-round picks for him the first time, or it may have been just one second-round pick. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, he didn't have much of a body of work and Arizona overpaid for him and he bottomed out. So could be a very similar situation if Foles is traded. But speaking of Foles and the playoff run that he had, it's very actually eerily similar to what Joe Flacco did in 2012 on his way to winning a Super Bowl and then getting paid like getting paid as the best quarterback in the NFL. And we've all seen how that turned out. So Nick Foles, great guy, solid ba- solid quarterback, not, not anything special. He did pretty well his rookie year, but a lot of that was luck. He had a lot of drop interceptions that year a lot of head scratch uh, head scratching passes like you mentioned so i i think what's most likely to happen is that he ends up staying in philly the health of carson Wentz is a big question mark i i don't think he starts the season healthy i don't think he's ready to start once they come out week one and i think Foles is going to be the guy who's starting and philly is the best fit for him they have tools around him they have a coach who's going to game plan to his strengths that's where he should stay but if he is moved and i i know we we've talked about cobb and that there's there's probably buyer there's obviously buyers remorse there and there will likely be buyers remorse again if they do make a move but the Arizona Cardinals do make sense for him they do have some established pieces there and that would probably be his best fit yeah for sure I've heard some stuff on Carson Wentz injury a lot of mixed reports so who knows what happens there but I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the first first month or so of the season as he recovers now the Minnesota Vikings they have three names out there and a little similar to Denver and their three quarterbacks which we'll talk about later but they have Case Keenum who exceeded expectations this year by five billion miles like nobody expected this kind of season from Case Keenum what he did with them and that team was was fantastic Teddy Bridgewater everybody knows that gruesome injury there he was he showed some promise before that but no one knows where he's at now and Sam no knees Bradford is can't stay healthy his knees are shot I think I think he should retire 
but I have no idea what he actually does. I can see some team being so desperate for a quarterback or any kind of resemblance of a quarterback and taking Bradford. Now, when he's healthy, what the product on the field isn't super bad. A lot of people act like he's an awful quarterback and he's not. He's about middle of the pack. It's just he can't stay on the field. So I, I think he should retire while he actually really doesn't have any knees left. As for the other two, I actually think they both end up staying as the Vikings. I think they'll end up tagging Case Keenum, probably a transition tag. That's what I've been hearing a few times from my sources within the Vikings. And that way they can see what's out there and still try to work on something for him and teddy bridgewater they don't they they don't want to give up on him just yet they want to see what he can do when healthy there has been some rumors that he's unhappy in minnesota and wants out which that could play in a role in what they do with him but i think in the end they're both kept hey man all, all all i have to say about bradford is don't knock guys with no knees we've proven time and again that we're underappreciated i'm only kidding bradford's definitely a guy who i think should retire every time he's come back he's gotten hurt again and th- I, that sucks really really because I like Bradford a lot as a player. I think he brings a lot to the table. He's a very accurate passer, smart decision maker, and he's a good leader, but he has not a single knee to stand on. I I think it's best that he retires, but I could see him going to a team like Arizona, say they do miss out on everyone, and he goes to them on a short contract incentive laden where they protect themselves in that deal. It would make a lot of sense. Maybe he could bounce back. Maybe he surprises, or maybe he ends up being exactly what we expect on the legs that he has. As far as Keenum and Bridgewater, I don't disagree. I think that Keenum will get the franchise tag, or as you mentioned with your sources, the transition tag, and that the Vikings will look to hang on to Bridgewater. I was not aware of the potential discontent between him and the team. So if he were to move on, I I wouldn't be too surprised. I'm honestly surprised, even with the state of his knee, that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I believe the number on that was a little under $7 million for 2018, which is a bargain for even a backup quarterback. So a little surprised they didn't do that, but I also understand considering the huge concern with his knee after that gruesome injury. So I'd like to see him stay in Minnesota to see that work. I'd like to see Bridgewater be the franchise quarterback that he looked like two years ago, and hopefully that happens. But if if it doesn't, I think they do protect themselves and keep Keenum for at least the short term and then figure out their next move if they do strike out on Kirk Cousins, which we'll find out before the franchise tag deadline. I think that's March 12th, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So we'll find out by then uh, whether Minnesota will truly be in on Cousins or not. So I'd expect them to hang on to Keenum in the short term and to hope that Bridgewater turns into the franchise guy that they thought he was going to be in the long term. If Keenum doesn't end up back with Minnesota, I would uh, not be surprised at all if he ends up in Denver. There's a connection there with Gary Kubiak now playing a major role in the front office, and he's coming off a very good season. As I just mentioned when before we got talking about the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos also have three guys. And while there are some similarities, it's nowhere near a carbon copy of it. Brock Osweiler, he's set to hit the open market. Denver, they're not going to bring it back. There's no interest there in him coming back. It was a one-season cheap deal kind of thing. And the team that's linked to him the most is Arizona. Simeon, Broncos are looking to trade him. If they can't get a trade done, they're cutting him. There is no way he makes this roster. Next year, there's no way he's on this roster past June. The Falcons, the Jets, and even Washington have been three teams that I've heard him linked to. And even the Bears make a little bit sense as well. An experienced veteran to sit behind their young quarterback and step in if need be. 
And then the third guy is Paxton Lynch. I keep seeing people talk about how he's going to be cut. He's not. His contract makes it really hard to get out of right now. So he's going to be either traded, which there are some teams showing some interest there, but Denver may likely lean towards keeping him if they can't get something they think is fair for the potential that he still has. But in the end, I think he sticks around. I think he makes this roster until training camp at least. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if he ends up cut before the season. So, and then Denver has a fourth quarterback. I wasn't planning on talking about him with Chad Kelly, but guys, listeners, you should be jumping off the Chad Kelly train. He's not getting a serious chance in Denver. Sorry. I know a lot of people like him. I know there's some out there that think that he was a first or second round talent, which he wasn't. He didn't fall just because of off field and health. If it was off field and health, then he still would have, and teams liked him, liked his talent. They still would have taken a shot on him. Jake Butt, Malik McDowell, Bradley Roby, Shane Ray, Randy Gregory, Tyreek Hill. The names go on and on and on of players with injuries and or off field issues that were still taken because of talent. Chad Kelly was just not liked by NFL play, NFL people, NFL personnel departments, anything like that. So time to jump off that train. So Osweiler, Arizona, Simeon, I think it's going to be the Falcons that end up trading for him. Get a younger backup for Matt Ryan instead of the 100-year-old Matt Schaub. And then Paxton Lynch sticking with Denver for now. Hey, let me just say, Swag Kelly is my guy. His his little brother plays lacrosse. I think that's awesome. And he supports him. But outside of that, yeah, he's he, he was going to be an undrafted free agent for a reason, not because of his injuries, not because of the quarterback he is and his skill. He was going to be a undrafted free agent because he just he's he's not very good. Maybe a sixth round pick if there were no issues, maybe a fifth round pick. But that that was about his ceiling. Now, moving past Kelly with Osweiler, I I think Arizona is the best fit for him. Makes sense. He can go there. He could probably start get get another opportunity. He was actually the team's best quarterback this year, so he could get another starting opportunity. And I'm assuming that's what he's going to look for in his next team. In addition to Arizona, if Osweiler does not find a starting opportunity, I could see the Miami Dolphins as being a solid fit for him. I doubt that they're going to bring back Jay Cutler after the year he had, and he's continuing to get up there in age. And Ryan Tannehill is a question mark with his health, and he's always a hit away from being sidelined. So that represents a pretty good fit for Brock if he doesn't find a starting opportunity. And Adam Gase probably knows him better than any other coach in the league. I'd, I'd like to see that happen. I doubt it happens. But with Simeon, uh, the Falcons and the Jets are both solid connections, as you mentioned. Falcons hired Greg Knapp, his QB coach, in re- a couple years back this offseason. And the Jets brought on Rick Dennison. So it makes sense for either of those teams to look into trading for him. And both have a need, like you mentioned with the Falcons. Matt Schaub, 100 years old, needs to retire. We're not, not good also, so he needs to move on. The Jets. They have the it's a mess at quarterback for the Jets. They don't have anyone at the position who should be on the team long term, and they're going to be adding players in the offseason. With Lynch, I do think he stays on the roster, but a trade with maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens, both who have established players who play kind of similar to what Lynch projects to as an NFL QB would make a lot of sense. He's still only 23, 23, he is still only 23 years old and has tools that you'd want at the position. So I'd like to see him to go to a team like that and potentially have future success in the league. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. But before we get to the next last few guys that we're going to talk about in the draft options, I just want to remind you listeners to please give us a click 
click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without your listeners. So as a call to action, please go take the time and go to iTunes or Spreaker to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoyed the show. This would be so much appreciated as you guys are the ones who enable us to do something we all love to do. So please help spread us around. Now, another name that's being thrown around is Tyrod Taylor, who is currently under contract with the Bills. And a report today came out and said that the Bills do not want to cut him. Everything I've heard is that he will be a cap casualty. There's some issues with the coaching staff and him. There's issues with people in the front office and him. There's issues with him and other players on that offense. It's time for a change of scenery for Taylor. So I don't see him sticking around there. And now I know you don't share the same view as I do on him, Khalid and Denver, with Denver being an option there. I think if their plan is to go get Baker Mayfield, I think Taylor would be a, a smart option for them simply because their play style is very similar. Of course, we're going to talk about another guy who fits in that kind of category as well. But if Denver can't get this other guy or get Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield's the guy, I think they should go Taylor. They don't have to change their offense around for either quarterback if either one gets hurt and the other one has to play. I'm not the biggest fan of it. I get it. Just it just makes a little bit of sense, and especially with the connection to Gary Kubiak, who wanted him a couple of years ago. I actually don't mind the idea of Tyrod Taylor as a backup, but the problem is, is a lot of people think that Tyrod Taylor is going to come in and become the starter and lead the team and be an upgrade. And I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, if anyone watched Buffalo this year, Tyrod Taylor was the problem on that offense. His accuracy is awful. He brings a few things to the team. He he does a few things well, but his accuracy is just such a huge negative that I just I I hate the I hate the idea of Tyrod Taylor. He's not a guy who could mentor a young quarterback. He's really a guy that you're going to bring in and he's going to be a backup. He also has issues with concussions within the last couple of years that have propped up, which scares me off a little bit as well. Not a big fan of that idea. And as you mentioned with that report that came out today, honestly, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why Buffalo would want to keep him. They already benched him in the middle of a playoff run during the season for Nate Peterman, who came in and threw four interceptions and a half. So it's not like they had better options and they still benched him. So I just, I don't see... I don't see them actually hanging on to him and paying him that $6 million roster bonus. It just doesn't make any sense financially. doesn't make any sense for the team. And they're likely going to go after someone in the draft. A, a lot of talk is that they are looking to trade up. They're looking to package. They have two first round picks, 21 and 22. They have two second round picks. They have a lot of ammo. They're looking to trade up, grab a QB, solve their problems. You know what that report is about the Bills keeping Taylor? They're just trying to get some team to try and trade for him. Now, the other quarterback that I mentioned that fits in the same kind of category as one that you don't have to change the offense drastically around if you get Baker Mayfield is Chase Daniel. And he's been a long time backup that in the end, I think the Saints end up keeping him. But if they do let him go, I really wouldn't mind Denver going after him to bring in as a backup, maybe even interim starter while they bring Mayfield up to speed. For those of you listeners who don't know, I do a daily mock draft. And one of my favorite scenarios to play around with is getting Chase Chase Daniel as the quarterback and not Kirk Cousins. And then using that free agency money and getting a bunch of weapons, solidifying the offensive line, bringing in some extra help on the defense upside of the ball, and then going and snagging that quarterback at number five and being able to move around in the draft. So if you haven't yet, go check out the mock drafts over there too. Come out every single day. And I try to aim for all different kinds of scenarios. But but I really like Chase Daniels. Uh, I remember when he pointed, made a comment about him that wasn't actually thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, 
that actually makes a lot of sense. Another one that we don't have down to talk about, and because I didn't find out that he's an option as a cap casualty until about an hour before we started our recording, is Colt McCoy, also from Washington. There's a lot of talk that Washington's going to part ways with him and basically bring in a whole new quarterback room, similar to Denver, with Alex Smith at the helm instead. I don't think they cut McCoy, but if they do, he's another one I wouldn't mind Denver going looking at. But Chase Daniel, as I said, I think he ends up staying with the Saints. Yeah, I'm not sure if I if I got you on the Chase Daniel train or not but I'm going to claim that I did. And I'm happy you did so. You did because Chase Daniel is the ideal QB for me to pair with Baker Mayfield. He's a guy, they, they were very similar college players, ran very similar systems. Both are, I believe, top 10 in, both, I believe, are in the top 10 of accuracy for collegiate passers all time. So there's there's a great fit there, I think. they Daniel has learned most of his career behind a future Hall of Famer in Drew Brees. He can run a very similar system to what Mayfield can and he would be the perfect veteran guy to, to bring in as the you bring him in as the starter and then whenever whenever he whenever the team's out of contention whenever you know he's not performing whatever the case may be because that's what's going to happen then Baker Mayfield takes over for him it's it's a perfect scenario for me and he's also a guy who if you do bring him in the, as the starter and he does get benched for your highly drafted rookie quarterback he's not going to have an issue with that he's going to be that quarterback's mentor and that's what I'm looking for in a guy like Chase Daniel. And I did not know about Colt McCoy, but same situation. That's another good fit. Another similar quarterback who would be able to mentor a young Mayfield who does need a similar player like, I don't. I wouldn't say need actually, but could use a player who's similar to him to mentor him through his growing pains coming into the league. Now, we're going to move over to the draft because there's some guys that everybody knows, everybody wants to talk about, everybody wants to hear about. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Aletta and Mason Rudolph. Now, in my opinion, Sam Darnold needs to sit a year. I actually think he goes number one overall to the Browns and competes with McCarron. And I'm looking at the situation kind of like the Bears, Trubisky, and Glennon last year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills trade up to number two and take Josh Rosen. I hear they really like him a lot, but I also hear they like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen as well. And Kyle Aletta is a name that's high on their board if they can't get those guys. But either way, I think Josh Rosen goes number two if the Giants trade down or not. If they do trade down then whoever trades up is going to get him if they don't trade down they're going to take him let him sit behind Eli Manning let Eli Manning kind of work with him and his attitude and prepare him to be the franchise guy which is the big question with him is this is is, is his attitude I think this notion that the Giants won't take a quarterback is absurd you're in a position to get a franchise quarterback just go get him now because Eli Manning at most has one year left he's on a rapid decline and it wasn't because of the receivers getting hurt last year as to why he played so poorly it wasn't because of the offensive line, it's him. And he's never been elite despite the two Super Bowl rings either. He's been better than Joe Flacco. He's been a top 10 quarterback for the most part of his career, but he's never been top five. And I would even say not even top seven or eight. So go get him. If the Giants trade down, I wouldn't be surprised if they look at a couple other names on this list that we're going to talk about. And we're just going to talk about these two for now and get to the other guys here and split them up a little bit. So, Khalid, what are your thoughts on Darnold and Rosen? Man, our uh, colleague Nick Kendall is going to love this, but I am on the Josh Rosen train. I think he is a guy who can come in, play relatively soon, and lead a team back to relevance relatively soon. And the perfect fit for him, in my opinion, is the New York Giants. You play a season behind Eli Manning, who, like you mentioned, 
he's been declining the last couple of years. That's common knowledge to anyone who watches and studies the game. He has never been, like you mentioned, an elite quarterback. He's had stretches of elite play. That's mostly come on his road to a couple Super Bowl victories, but he's never been truly elite. So having Rosen come in, play behind Manning for a year, take over at some point during the year, kind of like when Manning was a rookie and Kurt Warner was the veteran the Giants had, kind of a similar situation there. I think that's a perfect fit for Rosen. Now, if Rosen does for some reason slide and say Denver doesn't get Cousins, I think uh, everything I've heard is that Rosen is their number one graded QB. That could be wrong. I could be hearing from some Someone other, uh, someone else didn't what you're hearing, but I've heard that he's their number one QB. I think that's a great fit as well for him. That also, if he does go to Denver, he's probably starting day one. So I do like Rosen a lot more than Darnold. Darnold it has a higher ceiling, but he does have mechanical issues. He's not very safe with the ball, and especially in 2017, there's a lot of concern with the risks he took and the turnovers he made. So Darnold, I think he's going number one to Cleveland anyway, and like you mentioned, they'll pair him with McCarron and that'll be a good fit for, for both. He'll be given a year or two to learn, develop behind McCarron while Cleveland continues to rebuild and they have a ton of draft picks to do so. I think it makes sense for both of those teams to go Darnold, Rosen 1-2 and then leaving Mayfield as the third QB to be taken off the board. Yeah, and with Rosen, he's the best pure pocket passer in the, in the draft and it's not really close. I will say I have him as my number two quarterback back behind Baker Mayfield. Although with my grading system, they are so close. It's more of a 1A, 1B kind of situation. I think it's like 0.02 points that separate them. So that's how close it is for me. And the edge was Baker Mayfield's ability to play when things go off schedule, when the pressure comes and he has to move and make something happen. That's just what gives me the edge, especially with the play of the offensive lines in the NFL at their state right now. And a lot of people don't have Mayfield even in their top two, which I think is weird because he's better than Sam Darnold. I think he's a better prospect than Sam Darnold and a lot safer than Sam Darnold. In that second tier, Baker Mayfield joined with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Now, Josh Allen, he's a long-term project. So I think if you want to take him, you have to have an established veteran. I don't think the Patriots will actually look his way, but a team like the Patriots makes sense. Even the Packers make sense if they decide to try to get some for Brett Hundley and develop a new guy behind Aaron Rodgers. But the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Chargers, those are teams that I've heard linked to Josh Allen with interest of getting a future franchise quarterback now so they can sit and develop behind their established veteran. Jackson, there's a lot of talk about him being a wide receiver. I think is absurd. I think he's a quarterback, but you have to develop him and you have to scheme around him correctly and have him in something that he's going to be comfortable with and that you want an established veteran that you're willing to make the scheme changes after that veteran leaves or if that veteran gets hurt to work with him. As for Mayfield, I talked about him briefly to start this off, but the Jets of the Broncos that's who they're going to get. It's either going to be the Jets or the Broncos who land Baker Mayfield. And it'll all depend on who ends up with Kirk Cousins. What are so and what were your thoughts on the Cardinals in that equation? Because I know there's some chatter about them looking to move up as well into Denver's pick range to potentially draft a quarterback. There's some chatter there. Everything I've heard links them more to Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. And I think they're moving up maybe to secure Allen as that developmental guy that they can sit there and work with and try to get ready. Everything I've he- I'm hearing may be wrong or things may change and they may actually be after Baker Mayfield. For all I know, it could be a smokescreen. 
but as I said, it's everything's pointing to Jackson or Allen. Gotcha. I uh, I would say that. So going back to Buffalo, I would say it does make a little bit of sense for them to potentially hang on to Tyrod Taylor if they draft a guy like Lamar Jackson. They have a guy that they can develop behind a similar quarterback, and it it would be a, a pretty decent fit for Allen. As you mentioned, Ravens, Steelers, Chargers make the most sense. I would say personally, I think the Chargers are the least likely to make a, make the move up that they need to to select him. I could see either the Steelers or Ravens giving up what it takes to grab him behind Roethlisberger and Flacco, respectively. And that would be the best landing spot for him. Or like you mentioned, the New England Patriots, but it just doesn't really make sense there. They're picking at 31. He's definitely not going to be available then. And they're probably going to go with a guy like Kyle Luleto, who we'll talk about here in a minute. You mentioned the Patriots and Luleto, and that seems the perfect fit. Every Patriots guy I've talked to, not with the team, but fans of them, they want Loletta. It it makes so much sense for them to go grab him. It's they pick at the right range. They have the personnel around him to work on making him successful. They have the quarterback in front of him, some guy named Tom Brady, to allow him to develop and adjust to the NFL game. It makes a lot of sense there. And as for the other quarterback we're going to talk about in the last one, it's Mason Rudolph. I don't think he has much to offer as a long-term starter. I think he's at best a spot starter and that 15-year backup quarterback that's going to make a bunch of money over his career and not take the hits. I think that's the job that people want in the NFL. You're still making with the way contracts are going, you're going to be making 10, 15, maybe even $20 million here soon per year. And you don't have to worry about going out there and taking the hits as often as you would if you're the starter. So I think he's in that perfect spot there personally. But the team that makes sense for Rudolph is the Chargers because they might be able to get him in that with that second round pick and let him sit behind Philip Rivers and maybe attempt to develop him into something. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say Mason Rudolph. Los Angeles Chargers it just makes way too much sense for it to not happen. He uh, is a similar player to Philip Rivers size-wise, not very mobile, is the perfect backup for him as well. The only question I would have there is they did trade for Cardell Jones from Buffalo this year, and everything I've heard is that they like him. At the same time, I don't really see him as a developmental guy that could eventually step in for Rivers, so it would make sense to grab Rudolph, hoping that he can be that guy. Again, I agree with you. I don't think that he is going to be. He's a long-term backup in the league, which is a, a nice cushy job. I'd, I'd, I'd take that job. I think anyone would do that in a heartbeat. So that makes sense for Rudolph. And then Loletta, yeah, I think New England's the ideal spot for him. He's kind of, to me, the Jimmy Garoppolo of this draft, a little under the radar. Teams don't, teams aren't going to look to overdraft him and he'll likely land with one of those teams, uh, a likely New England Patriots, where he can learn behind Tom Brady. I don't think there's any situation better for a young QB coming into the league. No expectations the first couple of years, and you learn from one of the best minds in the league. Great landing spot for Laletta if that ends up happening, and a great landing spot for Rudolph if he does get drafted by the Chargers. Learning behind Rivers is about as good as you could do for a player like him. All right, Khalid, we're running long on time a little bit. Last week's episode was well over an hour, and editing took for ever so trying to keep this one a little bit shorter before we get out of here do you have any parting comments you know i think this year more than any year that i can remember recently there's just so there are so many quarterbacks who are available so many quarterbacks who are going to be changing teams 
who can make big impacts. There are four or five in the draft who have long-term starting potential, and uh, it's just an exciting time to be a fan in the NFL. There's going to be a lot of movement, and it's going to be fun to watch. For sure, I don't, I can't remember a year that this many quarterbacks have been available, both in free agency and the draft. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to see how everything ends up when the dust settles. So that's going to wrap up this episode. I want to thank you all for listening to Trickle Down Theories. Please leave a like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Cleed H Alshami and my own at Eric Trickle. You you can always reach us there. Any kind of question, no matter what it's about when it comes to the Broncos, the draft, free agency, even other teams, football in general. We're more than willing to respond. We love the interaction because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. We wouldn't be able to sit here and talk for half hour to an hour about the Denver Broncos or football in general. We wouldn't be able to put our work out there for people to read. We love doing this and we appreciate your guys' support so much. And so anytime you guys have a question, feel free to hit us up. More than willing to answer. Also, please follow at Mile I Huddle. That's where all of our written work comes from for MileIHuddle.com and the Huddle podcast for the other podcasts. And I appear on there pretty regularly as well. And then make sure you keep an ear out or an eye out or just follow my YouTube channel at Eric Trickle here pretty soon as soon as i get the video editing software to download it onto my laptop i'm going to be doing live breakdowns of players and uploading it over there so you guys can see how i break down players and watch and hopefully learn a little bit as always khalid i had a great time with you and i hope to have you on again in the future for khalid i'm your host eric trickle thank you all for listening to trickle down theories and have a wonderful day mile high huddle